Welcome to Unmapped Travel Destinations, a series that uncovers all the untapped exotic remote destinations. Discover what it is like living literally at the edge of the world and learn what it's like to live as a local in the most unique destinations from the most traveled guy under 40, Dustin Fundheller. Also known as the Wandering Dentist. Wandering Dentist. The dentist that has been to every country in the world, even those you didn't know existed. All right, today we are going to be talking about the least visited country in the world. Can you guess what that is? Well, you probably cheated. It's on the title. It's Somalia. Now, when most people think of Somalia, they aren't super excited to go visit. And maybe, just maybe after listening to my adventure going there, which I went three different times, it might encourage you to want to go to visit Somalia. So why would you want to go to visit Somalia? Well, first off, if anything else, if you go there, you just got bragging rights because you just visited the least visited country in the world in a country that many people think are, is quite dangerous. It makes you sound tough, even though as we'll go through, you'll see it's not really that dangerous. Unfortunately, that's what the media makes it out to be. Second, when you go to Somalia, because there's nobody going there, you get a lot of attention. People will be friendly to you. If you are Caucasian like me, you're going to stick out. But that's actually a good thing. People will make conversation with you. I mean, when I went to Denmark, nobody came and said hi to me. Nobody crossed the street to come say hi to me. No girls came and flirted with me. But that actually all happened in Somalia. And so... You know, it was such an unusual place to go. And the other thing I love about Somalia is it's very different. See, Africa, unfortunately, especially us Americans, we, we tend to think of Africa as just one country. And we don't see it as a bunch of different countries. And I can kind of understand with Western Africa, because many of the smaller Western Africa countries, you could say Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, Sierra Leone, uh, Liberia, all those countries on West Africa, they kind of blend together. You know, you don't really realize when you're crossing borders. But Somalia is so unique. The Somalians look different. They don't look like really any other country. They have a unique look. They, they speak Arabic, which as far as I'm aware, maybe Djibouti speaks Arabic, but really it's just Somalia. Of all the countries in Sub-Saharan Africa, they're the only one to speak Arabic. And just the lifestyle and everything. So that's what makes Somalia so fascinating. You know, you can visit 10 countries in West Africa and feel they're quite similar. And Somalia is in a world on its own. It is completely different. And as a traveler, I would hope you want to visit places because they're unique and different and interesting. And that's what Somalia has, is it's so interesting because it's so unique. So you really haven't traveled the world and really aren't a traveler, a, a hardcore traveler at least, until you visit Somalia. So that is my thing. You should go visit Somalia and here's my adventure to Somalia. So let's talk about Somalia. So first of all, it isn't visited that much. It's the least visited country in the world and there's multiple factors. One of the big factors is it's a domino effect, which means because not many people are visiting there, there aren't many flights. When I went the first time, I couldn't find any flights online. Kayak.com is usually what I use. There were zero flights on Kayak.com. Now, I would later learn that there were a few tiny airlines flying there, 
but that's how few flights there were. Just private, tiny airlines flying maybe to the next neighboring country, Djibouti or whatever. And so I couldn't even figure out any flights going there. The only way I could think at the time, though this was several years ago, to go to Somalia was to go from Djibouti, which the capital of Djibouti is only 20 miles or about 20 to 30 minute drive to the border of Somalia, which is actually Somaliland. And so that's exactly what I did. And that's the second reason a lot of people don't visit there, because it's just hard to get there. My point is, super easy drive. I go there, and at the border of Djibouti, not Somalia, the border of Djibouti, they tell me I need a visa. I show them online I don't need a visa, but they refuse to let me leave their country and go to Somaliland or Somalia. And so I go all the way back to the Somalia embassy, the Somaliland embassy, get a visa that they give me, and then I go back. And guess what happens? The second time on the way to the border, I get stopped by the police. And the police make me wait for about an hour, literally an hour, because they have to check my passport and do all this stuff. Because again, they're just discouraging people, especially tourists, from going to Somalia, which is really frustrating because Somalia isn't the richest country. It could use more tourists, and their neighboring countries are blocking it off. So that's just really, really frustrating. The second time going there, I eventually was allowed to go there, and I eventually was allowed into Somalia, which is Somaliland at that area. And once I crossed the border, I'll never forget, like they just had no tourists. The one of the Somal one of the Somalians, first thing they say is, Hello, white man. And when I and then they'd be like, well, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, I'm a tourist. He's like, No, you're not. Like, yeah, I am. He's like, you are a journalist. And that's my point is they never got to us. They just knew I had to be a journalist, which I wasn't. I'm a dentist that was just traveling the world. You know, I did end up going. I had to hire a four-wheel drive vehicle to drive me all the way to the nearest city, which is Salak, if I say it right. And that, again, just shows you the infrastructure. I mean, I love Somalia, but they could use a little bit better roads. The roads were completely full of mud and dirt and it was just it was it was like going on a safari or something except you're not supposed to be on a safari you're supposed to be just driving literally from the border to the main city it should be a main road that you take but the road was was absolutely horrible and i eventually got to the city and i walked around the city was kind of more of an oasis city what i mean is there wasn't a lot of people there um they're kind of just hanging out there wasn't any big infrastructure and I was there for the day and I went back and you know I just thought about it I was like I didn't see Somalia I saw a tiny city with a few people but I didn't see Somalia and you know one of my goals was to visit every country in the world that really doesn't count now I know a lot of people would count that but to me that didn't count as visiting Somalia so I decided the next time I wouldn't visit Somaliland, I would go to Somalia and the capital of Somalia, which would be Mogadishu. Now Mogadishu, you know, doesn't have the best reputation in the news. And so a lot of people thought I was crazy for going there. But, and what you had to do to even, you didn't need a visa, but you had to have a tour group that was gonna pick you up from the airport and basically have security with you. And even when I arrived in Mogadishu, they asked because they again they thought I was a journalist and I said I'm a dentist and because they really don't want journalists and they're like well prove that you're a dentist and I was like well I don't have my license with me and I was like well what about looking at my photos on my phone and that's, that's exactly what I did I pulled up my phone clicked on the photos and showed him that half my photos were of teeth 
And he goes, yeah, you're probably a dentist. So that's how I actually got into Mogadishu. And the cool thing with Mogadishu was that, you know, it doesn't always, like I said, doesn't always have the best reputation, but you, I went to the beach, they took me, my tour guide took me to the beach, and you saw kids and families playing on the beach. We went to several different sites, and you know, people interacted, a lot of people talked to me, because again, there wasn't many foreigners there. I wish my tour guides would have let me to have a little bit more free time, because I would have, having guards with you the whole time, doesn't allow you to really see and explore the country like you could if you just went on your own. Um, the things, we went to see uh, a dental clinic, so I'm a dentist, I wanted to see it, and we went to a Somalian dental clinic, which was what you would probably think of when you think of an African dental clinic. They just laid on like a bed, and you know, there wasn't many tools, they probably only took out teeth, they weren't doing fillings, definitely not crowns and anything else like that. And you could just kind of see, it was kind of a rough atmosphere. But then we went to a dental clinic that was run by Syrians, and they had all the latest tools. They were actually, le I think they left Syria because of the Syrian crisis. And you know, they had nice dental chairs, they did fillings, they did everything you would expect a, a normal dentist. The thing that was interesting is these Syrians, as you can see, in the picture, they look just like me, right? They're, well, not just like me, but they, they definitely don't look African or black. They're, they're white. They didn't need a security guard. I needed one, but they didn't. And so it kind of was frustrating. How come those white people can go around without security, but I have to? Again, because security makes it more difficult for you to interact with local people, right? So that's kind of some of the things. Another thing I loved about Somalia, especially Mogadishu, is the paintings of the buildings. See, on the buildings, they are just colorful. So if you're going to a bread shop, it's colored bread. The dental shop had tons of teeth. The, you know, car factory had cars being repaired. And so you didn't have to ever read the name. You could just look at the building and you knew what type of shop it was. You know, that was kind of cool to see in Somalia. Another thing is driving on the road. So when you drove on the roads, if the main road was going too slow, you just drove off in, into the ditch, into the shoulder, went faster and passed people, right? Like, like in America, in other countries, you you pass people by going in the opposing lane when there's no cars, but there were so many cars that you would just drive into the shoulder and go where people are walking and hopefully not hurt anyone. We went to a park and the park was very different because even though everything else is happening outside, in the park, it felt like a normal park. You could see couples on dates, you know, getting ice cream. It was kind of cute. I remember I had two Somalian females come ask me for a photo and kind of flirt with me and I actually may have gone on a date with one of them where we went to uh, sit down on a, a bench, I guess you could call it, and, and we just talked. It was really interesting to learn about her life and what it's like being raised in Somalia. One of the crazy things was the exchange rate. See, the exchange rate, you exchange one dollar and you'd get tons and tons of Somalian bills. But something that's interesting about Somalia is they do all their transactions through the phone, right? So you're, this country, the least visited country in the world, this country that is considered poor, is more advanced than like a country like Japan, where in Japan you have to use almost cash for everything. Yeah, through phone is how they do all the transactions. So I was amazed that Somalia was so advanced when it came to money and banking. One of the things about being in Mogadishu and in Somalia was that every hotel, every entrance had security kind of outside of it, which meant like to get to the hotel 200 meters before you get to the hotel, you'd have to go through security. And again, you might have this at a few places in 
in other places in the world, but this was like every single hotel, a lot of buildings, a lot of places. Like you always had security checks all over the place, which was kind of crazy to see. One of the things that I, I was taught um, by my guides who were taking me all around the city was that the difference between searching Mogadishu in English and in Arabic. See, if you search it Mogadishu, the word Mogadishu, um, with English words, you see, it. it's unfortunate, you see bombs, you see buildings, you see really sad looking things, people suffering. But if you search Mogadishu in Arabic, you see beautiful landscape, you see pretty city, you see gorgeous things. And that's just sad because if an American or somebody who's, basically if you're non-Somalian looking at Somalia, you're looking for bad things, and which you shouldn't be doing, but that's what excites and gets clicks. Whereas if you're a Somalian, you don't care, you wanna see the good things. And so I wish more of the world would see what the Somalians see when they think about and see Mogadishu. Leaving and arriving to Mogadishu was a little interesting because way outside the airport, you have these barriers you have to weave in and out. And so that obviously was, was interesting. And then after that, then you have to walk through security and you're not even in the airport. You're just in a building, you know, half a mile or 800 meters before the airport. And after you walk through that, then you walk through another area where there's towers and, you know, people looking down at you. And then when you eventually get to the airport, then you have a dog has to smell all of your bags before he can go check in. And then even after you check in and check in your bags, you can, as you're waiting for your flight, you can see another dog smelling the bags before it gets on the plane. So there's a lot of security going on in Mogadishu. Anyway, that was my second time. Somaliland is kind of unique and I really wanted to see it. And I had, like I said, I'd been to Salak, but that really didn't count. I wanted to see Hergesa. And so I decided to fly to Hergesa. Now, when I went to Hergesa, it was many years after I had gone the first time, which now there were direct flights from Ethiopia. So, and if you don't know, Ethiopian Airlines flies all around the world. So it kind of is connecting Somalia to the rest of the world. So yes, I flew in Hergesa. And one of the, the interesting things is, one of the things we went to see was Les Gales, which is this famous, famous site that very few people get to see because number one, it's outside of the city. It's really expensive to hire a, a tour to take you there. If you do, it's like two to $300. It's just ridiculous. But I had made local friends who drove me there for no, they didn't charge me a thing. They just charged me for gas, which I think it's very fair that I should pay the gas if they're gonna drive me all the way there. It was really cool because I was with friends and we were able to go see this site, this ancient petroglyphs that very few people ever get to see and they were beautiful. Uh, we then went to Babura, I might say it wrong, sorry. Um, and we went and visited that city. That city was on the coast, it was kind of a fun city. And the nicest thing is, even the road wasn't perfect, they had a pretty nice main road all the way from Hargeisa to Barbera. You know, we stayed there until nightfall and it was, you know, it was kind of cool. They had a, a bread shop that was a really, really famous Somalian poet had written about. And again, it was just this neat stuff that, you know, neat Somalian culture where they had historic sites and, and things, which is, I just love to see 
historical things that a lot of the world doesn't know about. On the way back, we got stopped by security numerous times and they would ask, where is my guard? Which is kind of a little frustrating because again, that's kind of being racist. Why does the white person need security guard? If I was an American and I was black, I wouldn't have been stopped. But my friends were always trying to say, well, he's with us, he's with us. And they'd always get in this big argument and go on for five, 10 minutes and then we'd go. Um, and I just think, I know they are trying to do be safe and protect tourists and foreigners, but by trying to be safe and protect them, you're requiring us to hire guards and guides, and by making us do that, you're making it expensive, and you're preventing a lot of people, except the very rich, from going to Somalia and Somali lands. I wish they'd allow us to go a little bit more on our own. I know it's supposed to be for our protection, but... If we're coming to Somalia, we're putting us, you know, we know the risk we're taking. And anyway, I didn't have any guards and nothing dangerous happened to me. And I think, and we interacted with so many locals that I see so many other people not being able to interact with. So anyway, moving on. Uh, we also went around all of Hargeisa. I mean, there was areas where you could go see the entire city. Um, you know, we went, it was it was like a normal city. We went to have dinner. We went, there was a place where we went to get ice cream. Like, you know, there was restaurants. And and the th cool thing is, Somalians are so nice and so friendly. They just don't get any tourists. So I guess I was treated really special and everyone was so kind and nice to me and wanted to hang out with me. So. I really encourage more people to go to Somalia. I went three times, had a wonderful time every time. And it, like I said, it's such a unique culture. They, the, you know, the way they look, the, the, what they do. I was able to eat camel. That was kind of neat. I've never had camel before. I was able to drink camel milk. Did not like that so much. But you know, you get these cool, unique experiences. You get to go on an adventure, road tripping. It was, it was really cool. That was my trip to Somalia. And I wish more people would also go to Somalia because they don't know how awesome it is. And one of the best parts is it's a hidden secret. The one blessing about being the least visited country in the world is that it's a secret. It hasn't been disturbed and it's a really unique and hasn't been too Western influenced. So you get to see this unique, interesting culture and I highly recommend it. Follow Unmapped Travel Destinations on Instagram and Facebook to see photos from this week's destination and follow the wandering dentist himself at wandering underscore dentist on Instagram or wandering dentist on Facebook. I always follow. I always follow. If you have questions or ideas for future shows, please reach out on social media. Please let your family and friends know as word of mouth is the best way to let others save money. Lastly, a five-star review is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, save Safe travels.